morning. Let's go back to Perik Tezvav Pasik Ches, which we already saw. This last Maka Gedele for the Plishtim was something that they're not ready to let go, and Shimshin knows that. Rashi says it refers to various soldiers by foot, on horse, and knock them all out. And for the first time, he goes to relative hiding. You'll see in a moment that people who obviously know where he is, his own people, Shevet Yehuda. But this is a description basically of a cave in the middle of nowhere. And he's trying to walk a very fine, dangerous line between looking like a traitor, Legambre having married in, got into a fight. Now this former wife is no longer alive and her father. He had destroyed much of the crop, killed multiple people, and is trying to show what we would describe as erratic behavior so that they just decide not to get on his wrong side in any direction, whether personal or whether his former people, they are his people, they're not his people. He's trying to keep everybody unclear or confused on the subject. The challenge over here, besides having to live in a cave now, and obviously uh, waiting for some sort of nukama from the plishtim, some sort of reaction, he has them so confused, he has Klai Yisrael a bit unclear. Who exactly was unclear, how much they're playing along in the next part of the parak is unclear to us because the plishtim, as he suspects, are going to come with a sizable army, lay siege to Shevet Yehuda, and ask them to, or demand that they hand him over. Normally, Tznulon Echmikem is Aser, which we saw, if they designate someone, whether he's guilty or not, then there are mekilim, it means that uh, somebody officially in the capacity of the Pesach shouldn't say it, perhaps, but they should figure it out. We don't stop them. That's fine for over here because they go to a collective section of Chelek Yehuda and for the first time, we don't really have anybody in Yehuda, even though they're taking a leadership position, we don't have anybody in the Shevet by name who's making a decision here, which fits in with Allah Merin Kane. They sort of make a decision, and the decision is correct, Al Allah, by handing him over. Because if they miyachet him, then he becomes the Lamdis, he becomes the Reidif on them. They are not in a position to fight the Plishtim if they were. They would have raised an army a long time ago and done it the regular way of fighting a war, not having Shimshin understanding Apinavur that he has to fight this alone. In a very dangerous way, both in Ruchnius and Gashmius, mostly in Ruchnius, and this whole thing is very, very uh, unusual. And whoever's making the decision over here understands that they can't fight a regular battle now. They have to give in and give up and the good news is Shimshin understands that and presupposes that and is going to tell them no issue over here 
hand me over, just make sure that everybody understands no one should touch me and no one should stop me because I don't have to fight you in self-defense. I'm not interested in hurting any Yidin. I'm here to fight for you, not against you. Which, as I mentioned at the beginning of this year, I would hope and assume some leaders of the Shevet understood that and they were just playing charades. And there were probably a lot of people from the Hamanam who didn't understand it to begin with, don't understand it now, thought maybe he's taking it too far. It's hard to know because this small chapter is going to end well in terms of him playing along, goes quietly. When he gets there, he's going to wreak more havoc, which is what he's trying to do. It's just another excuse to get in the middle of many, many plishtim, and when they don't suspect anything and they're celebrating that he's captured, he's going to break free and hit them again by surprise. So that is the plan. Was it exactly the plan that he has to be in a cave and they're coming to threaten Yehuda and then he has to be handed over to do it this way? No one's going to know. Was it part of the plan that his wife, who Lamaisa Bedievit, was a Gieris, was she supposed to get killed and tortured and burnt by her own people? Probably not. He's looking to pick a fight. He wasn't looking, and he was angry. He's not only angry because he's fighting Rishayim, per our discussion yesterday. He's angry because they're acting even as Plishtim go. Maybe not shocking, but they're really acting out of order. And the plan over here is there is no exact plan. He just has to, every once in a while, create a tumult that they remain nervous. You remember from the Gears of Yankasa that the very end of his life is going to end with him being captured and killed by the Plishtim. I'm not spoiling the uh, story at the end that you know. The question is, what did he leave Klaisal with? Did he save them? save them while this is happening as we speak. But the Pasuk is going to make note of the fact that he actually scared them more by that last Misa for decades. And even though he's no longer alive, that's irrational. He's not alive anymore. But they were so scared and so in awe of his Siat Deshmaya that he was able to kill more Plishtim in that one Misa while he was captured and blind. That They figured, we better not do anything for a long time, because who knows what's coming next. And they realized the Kodesh Baruch Hu was controlling everything. So part of the general story that he doesn't know exactly how it goes in the middle, and by the end he certainly was not prepared for this, but he understood an opportunity when he saw one. So the fact, one of the great lessons of Musser, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he's going to take us a couple of months to get there. One of the most amazing things is that even when everything went wrong at the end and he was captured, that certainly wasn't part of the plan. And he was blinded. That certainly wasn't part of the plan. And he's going to be practicing Tumas Nafshi and Plishtim. The godless of Shimshin is the understands that even if it didn't go to plan, he's getting an Einish on his madrig of what he did wrong. If you're breathing, there's still plenty of Avedis Hashem to do. And he's going to do it. Most people get depressed. It's all over. They messed it up. However, the... Madriga should have been, it wasn't Gafi Madrigaso, and he could have done better. And he messed everything up. So we, in daily life, with things far less in consequence, everything has consequence, we do something wrong, and then we get so frustrated, then we just close down, just shut down. 
And that's never a good reaction. Very common, very human. Younger kids, younger children have, it's age-appropriate. Shailiz, is it age-appropriate to the age of 30, 40, and 50? But a five-year-old, did you ever notice a kid can get out of control and it's way far in excess of what you thought he did wrong in the first place? He would have gotten a far lesser punishment for the infraction, but then gets himself into a tizzy and then it gets worse and worse and worse. Why does that happen? So the answer is that they're upset that they did whatever they did in the first place, and then they get more upset, and they're upset at themselves, talking about good kids. And then the, the tantrum keeps feeding on itself as they get upset, that they had to get, and then they get embarrassed, and they get more upset, and then they completely shut down and do more damage. So the godless of Shimshin, any adult has to learn not to do that. The godless of Shimshin is that this job was difficult to begin with, this parak, this, this week and the following weeks are going to get more and more difficult. Somebody told me uh, last, uh, last week that uh, he sees this is not going in a good direction. I said, now you see it's not going in a good direction? This job was never easy in the first place. But the simon of an, of an adult, a mature adult, an Ovid Hashem and a Gadol Yisrael especially is that even when it doesn't go to plan and even though certain things might not have been done perfectly, there's still plenty to do. And the Yitzhahara convinces us otherwise. That once we mess up, so let somebody else do it. We're not good at this. The Yitzhahara is also the Tehutzim dressed in anivus and uh, false-looking uh, tshuva that we should give up. And that's 99.999% of the time, if not 100, that's the Very, very rare, if, if at all, that you're supposed to give up because you're not good at it. You're not good at it. It's called Avedis Hashem. Everybody's good at it. <laughs> we convince ourselves that it's not for us and therefore uh, you know, the proverbial guy, the guy really exists, but we'll call him proverbial. It doesn't exist in this shul. The guy who came late to davening, Shabbos morning, like really late, talking about you know, Yishtabach and he wonders why we're up to Yishtabach already. And finally, he turns over a new leaf and comes on time. So what happens? He walks in, and his good friends chepper him for 20 minutes. Oh, look who became a tzaddik. Oh, well, look who's here. Look, you can be sure that's the last time they're coming on time. Why is that? The fact that they messed it up for a long time, and people are reminding him, is people are not always so smart. And they're reminding him, this could be with whatever, quote-unquote, small Aveira infraction or lack of Aveda, and where does a comment like that come from? Somebody makes a comment like that because they're a little jealous because it's a sign somebody's willing to be brave and work on themselves and not throw in the towel. So Shimshin, speaking of people chepering him, again, we don't know who in Yehuda made the decision and we don't know how many people in Shevet Yehuda were with the program, not with the program, understood, didn't understand, but in human affairs, there are usually enough people who don't understand and aren't too smart about what they say and you can imagine what abuse he was getting. And the Pusik is today going to allude to it. And again, I don't know if they said it as a line of public consumption that the Plishtim should hear. They're playing along, but they're going to tell Shimshin, don't you know the Plishtim are in charge? What are you starting up with them causing all this trouble? They're going to say that. So I suspect that some people said it and they knew that this was all part of the plan. And many of them weren't sure and some of them were angry at Shimshin. There are many gradations in between. And that made the job very difficult, especially he's the ranking Dayan 
and Shefet, and in between, during peacetime, whatever that was, he's got to come back and lead Klai Yisrael. This has got to be very, very painful. But that's the godless of Shemshin. So we're, we're, as we continue, we see uh, more and more of his godless and what type of condition he's operating in. So, with that introduction, V'yalu Plishtim, Pasuk test. V'yalu Plishtim, V'yachana B'Yehuda, V'yinachu B'Lachi. The name of the city is Lachi, and that's Al Shema Asid, but not too distant future. It's going to be this parak. It's going to be called Lachi because he's going to use a Lachi to kill a lot of Plishtim. That is not the weapon of choice. Not the first, not the second, and not the third. And for good reason, it's clumsy, and a gun or a spear, bow and arrow, sword, anything will do a better job. He uses it because the nace is supposed to be very obvious and the fact that he even picked it up uh, using his hands so you have something in your hand that helps against chapped hands and uh, spares the knuckles some scratching but it's besides the point that magnifies the nace and the name of the place is going to be called Lechi Al Shem what is about to transpire so the various officers watching the village or the city if it had a wall, didn't have a wall they look out the window and they look down the hill and all of a sudden they see 100,000 plishti soldiers not exactly what you're looking to see right before a Shia Sunday morning or Shacharis or any other time of the day and they're nervous because they have no plan to fight and they have no kayach to fight more importantly all that's because they had no schusim to fight and they knew it it's good to know your position. Here they weren't fooling themselves, despite my introduction of giving up too quickly. They weren't fooling themselves because some of them knew what Chimshim was up to and they knew that he had this Navua because here you can only fight this battle and hope for the best and scare them a little bit because we can't afford an all-out war. I didn't think anyone knew about it other than... Um, no, I'm, I'm hoping somebody knew. His parents knew the plot even though the first act he had, they're wondering why do you got to marry that lady? So it's jarring when you see it, but they knew, of the parents certainly knew of the overall plan, and I would imagine some people did, and my raya that they did is because if you want to go back and forth during the peacetime in between, and be a shefet, you can't walk into the basin and say, oh Rebbe, I'm happy you're back, we have a long line of Dine Terry here, and we need a Musa Shmuz, and all the other things that Shofit has to do, lead Klai Yisrael, and by the way, um, where, uh, where have you been? We, we, we wanted to learn, we missed Shear Sunday morning, and they didn't know, <laughs> so I was killing some Plishtim on the way, and you know, sort of undercover, and I, I don't even think that conversation took place, I think that was self-understood by the Chashua people had to understand. The problem is not everybody understands. So you say, why don't you explain to them? The answer is, if you ever did anything publicly, you can't always explain everything. <laughs> because either not going to understand, or it's supposed to be somewhat top secret, or a hybrid of events where you can't always explain all the time. And again, this line is the opening line to the Plishtim. What are you people doing here? Was, I don't even know if that was for real. They didn't know what they were doing here. They didn't hear that Shimshin had just killed many Plishtim and is picking fights. So you have to have an opening line. There are 100,000 soldiers here. It doesn't say how many there were, but there were a lot. So they have to start the political discussion somewhere. So you open up with a line. What are you doing here? Are you here for peace, for war, any particular issue we can help you with? 
even if they knew, but they got to say something. Or this particular city, this particular area, who the Taka wasn't with the program and they had no clue. That's a possibility. I'm, I'm showing you both. Says, we're not here to start a major war with you. Shimshon is in the area somewhere. He's part of your people. It's your problem. And we want him arrested ASAP. Hand him over. So push him actually, from a tactical standpoint of being smart, because probably also not that brave. They don't want to arrest Shimshon, because that could be toxic. So they figure that we surround the city and have the Yidden demand that the Yidden do it and let them knock themselves out. They'll take care of it. And they're supposing either there'll be a little skirmish or they won't, but they're going to find Shimshin. They don't at all recognize the godless of Shimshin and they're not convinced he's really part of the Jewish people. So then I figure if they have to arrest him and use force, so be be it though, it's not their problem. And Baruch Hashem, they're not going to have to use force, and Shimshin is going to have a nice discussion with them because, again, my assumption is there are some people with the program, and even if they're not, Shimshin said, I'm surrendering, just don't touch me so I don't have to defend myself. He's not taking any chances that some of the Hamanam might actually be angry enough to start hitting him, which he can't do because he has to survive this. So that's a very, I can imagine the conversation. Very difficult. The question is, how many gradations in between my two options was it? But it was dangerous. Or potentially dangerous. So Shimshon, we know his superhuman strength was given by Hashem, but he must have been a good warrior before that also. No. No. Matter of fact, the introduction is that this uh, Kayach was uh, ringing within him, and not all the time, but most of the time, when he has to show the strength of Pines, the Pasuk will introduce the Ruach Hashem. Not every time. So... There, it's a bit divided. Was he somewhat naturally strong? Not a warrior means he had experience. He had no experience. That the Pusik says, just one day or the next, he felt this uh, surge of uh, Siat Shmaya. But there are some Makairis, in terms of the name Shimshon Agiber. The debate is, is that completely wrong? Made up somewhere? Or as he grew into this role, he was a Giber, and when he really needed a lot of Kaya, then he needed the nays on the spot. Again, some hybrid in between. But the Mepharshim point out from the last parak when he tried to go back to his wife and his shver stood in the door. His shver was a regular guy. Picture the scene. He's blocking the door. Shimshim's trying to get in. What kind of joke is that? So either the answer is Shimshim was a regular person, a regular strength in between, and the shver was a big guy because he was a plishti. If you're a plishti, you don't work out. You're not much of a plishti. So he was probably a strong guy. Or Shimshin didn't really care because he didn't really come to make up. He came to pick another fight. That's why he waited a year. And you want to stand in the door, so that's just going to give me another excuse to pick a fight. So it's unusual in a Perikanavi. I keep giving you multiple choice of possibilities, but that's how unclear this is. And the Mepharshim weigh in on various uh, options. Yeah. So why would he say, don't touch me? I might have to defend myself. Hashem will make him defend himself against No. So that, it, it depends how many people in Yehuda really didn't know or weren't clear on whose side he was on. All they know is they're very scared. The 100,000 police them out there, and they're angry. And they say, we'll give you the 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Bring him or else. So, at, and the Pusik says, we didn't get to it yet. They're going to, when they find Shimshin, they're going to give him Musser. So is that feigned, real, or depends who's talking? 
And they're going to send a sizable force to get him, by the way. It's the next Pusik. They're going to send 3,000 men to get Shimshin. My assumption is if everybody's with the program, what do you get? that's overkill. 3,000 men? He's going peacefully. What's, what are you 3,000 men for? Then somebody's not with the program. Because what's the conversation going to be? It's a, Shimshin, we have some bad news. The police team are angry. Well, he knows that. And the police team wants you to be arrested. So, so is Shimshin with them or not? If he's with them, you don't need 3,000 men. You need one or two representatives. So, again, the possibility is they took 3,000 men, but they have to make it look like, oh, yeah, we're very angry at Shimshin, and we don't know what to do with him, and you're right, and he's dangerous, and we're going to arrest him, so you have to send 3,000 men. I don't think that's the whole story. 3,000 is a lot of people to arrest one Shimshin. So that means that, again, possibility nobody understood. I, I think that's a distant possibility. Somebody understood, but they had to play the part, but a lot of people didn't understand. And the police chief said, let's send 3,000 men because he's dangerous. That means not everybody understood. I'm just trying to show you the riot. Like any day, like today, not everybody understands. That's right. That's why I keep saying these Akdamas. What made this right? They don't understand. And this, this Dastari, you really got to follow Dastari because it was complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So, so somebody, but I'm just to Malam Yitzchus and Yehuda, it could be at the police station, somebody said, just uh, send two guys and tell them the police them are waiting, can he uh, come with us? And other people banging on the table, what two guys? He's armed and dangerous, we need 3,000. Okay, <laughs> so this made his job extremely difficult. Yeah? How much of the uh, folklore and the plays, the, the fried plays that they we try to ignore all of it all the time. That's what Jonathan was, was alluding to. What? Right. No, I just told you there happens to be a yeshiva of Shimshon Agibur. There happens to be most. Yeah, yeah, so I'm saying. So there are armor carriers for it, not too many, but there are armor carriers, and we're fine with it because. Yes. Yeah. They look for the Makar. There, there's a glaring omission of lack of the phrase in many Chazals, which leads many people to believe it was imported from the wrong place. But it is found, and some people say it's not so bad, the Gvura Iker Gvura is from his Neshama, from his Maisim Tevin, from Mitzitkus, which is clearly on display over here that he had to, that he not only put up with this job, but he did it with Ava for Kaisal, even though not everybody was always doing the right thing necessarily, and he had to deal with the Plishtim, and he had to put himself a Sakana with these women, with the Geiris. The whole thing was uh, just Sitkus throughout. Things in, in the old yeah, the uh, yeah, the same apicurus and the same uh, the same haskala. You know, they call it in English the enlightenment. It's really the endarkenment, unfortunately, Nebuch. And uh, they had the uh, their famous play. Shemshin is probably the most second famous. The famous play was uh, when they showed the Chavaz Chaim Rab Chaim Ezer leading Klaisol to war. And they made fun of it. Uh, and we know that they, they only took the biggest tzaddikim. Uh, and uh, they wrote it up afterwards. They not only had, had the theater, they wrote it up, like the short version of it. And the, one of the G'daylam at that time said, the sad part about it is, is that if they would have had one more act and one more scene, they would have showed you that they actually won with the schism of the Chavetz Chaim, Chaim Ezer. But they never got there. <laughs> they just had them all lined up. They, but yeah, but you don't need it. They're just reading, as you've seen over the last 20 years, if you read any Navi quickly without all the Mepharshim, all the Gemaras, all the Madrashim, you're going to get it wrong. You're not going to be part of the issue. You're going to get everything wrong.
And Shimshin, that's why we're going even slower, is, is a classic. But it's not just Shimshin. We, we, share, share, that's nothing discussed, unfortunately, but I can't say we saved it. The Navi put Shimshin, Pelegish Begiva, Pesamicha at the end. So as I told you, we're up to the 16th parak. not bad. Started a year and a half ago, that's standard pace. The last three Maisim take the longest because each one needs a Hezber before, during, and after because they're all misunderstood. This is the most difficult of the three and the, the two after this are uh, not that easy either. But, but this is the... He's not even in the deepest trouble yet, but this is telling because this is the only time we have he's dealing with other Yidin and he's trying to do it carefully. In a sense, like... We know Shimshon died tragically, heroically, but tragically. Uh, and very effectively. That's why, okay. that's why I remind you of the end before we get there. But in a sense, he was chafashon. I mean, he, he did a near-perfect job, and on his madrego, uh, it fell a little short, which is why Yaakovinu, nobody less than Yaakovinu, was shocked as he sang the Nevoah. Picture, he's sang the Nevoah, and at the end, he sees in the Nevoah, Shimshin's going to get killed. And then he says, He himself was shocked. He's the one getting the Nevoah. So, shows you how, uh, how difficult it was. Yeah? lived his whole life to die and that was his biggest pain, is that he could die So, it was a tragedy. It's different, though. It's different, though, because with Rabbi Kiva, I'm not comparing Shimshin as a Shafit, but... but Rabbi Kiva, when the Talmudim couldn't believe he was surviving this torture, he said, I wait in Pahal, I say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeh Hashem Echad, I say, Bechol Nafshecha every day. I'm waiting for this, not looking for it, but waiting, if the event, not looking for it. But when he died, right, but that wasn't due, due to an Avera. That's the difference. I mean, there's always, as a human, there's always some kapar involved, but here, Chazal are very, very involved and busy, so to speak, with explaining the Nakuda. That's why the whole Hakdama with Avdesler, on his Madrega, what the Nakuda was. But, yeah, and the fact is, he didn't have Yish. I said that now, when we get to the end, I'm going to emphasize that a lot, because we fall into this daily, sometimes hourly. And the Yitzhahara is constantly, for from person, Yitzhahara has different tools. He can't suggest Averas blatantly, and he can't. So he just says, yeah, you know, forget it. You messed it up already. Just like the five-year-old who gets into a tantrum. You messed it up already. So yeah, Mazel, Mazel, eat, drink, and be merry. But the Yitzhahara knows that just messes up more. And, and you get angrier. That's the Yitzhahara wants. What? That's right. That's right. He had a difficult life to begin with, and you know, being born on Maritz is no picnic. You got to go to first grade with a chalkboard, you know, all the madrashim. He's 40 years old, he's sitting with the kindergarten kids. You got to be very brave and have no zich. You got to be a tremendous honor to be able to do that. And yes, you build up a whole empire of Tamidim and lose everything and start again. It wasn't, wasn't easy, even Rabbi Kiva, but he did it. That's what separates Rabbi Kiva from anybody else. You can't, uh, can't give up. So, Pasuk Yeralef. Vayerdu Shleishes Alafim Ish Mihuda El Sif Sel Eitam. So they know where he is and they send 3,000 troops. Vayam Adashimshin Halayadata and here's the Musr. And who said this? How many people said this? We'll never know, but makes things very difficult. Halayadata Kimashlim Banu Plishtim. Don't you know that they're in control and we can't fight them? That's why they sent 3,000 people to get Shimshin instead of sending 50,000 people to fight the Plishtim because they can't. And they're right. It's not, not the fact that they're not brave enough. What? 
Well, no, that's what I'm saying, because there were enough people who held that he was dangerous and he's going to fight them. That is clearly not understanding Shimshin's objective. It wasn't like what Rob was saying before, as far as just like showing the Pushtim that. Part of it. I hope so. As I said, I'm always giving you two options because it's probably somewhere in between. Mazai Sasisolanu. That sounds pretty strong. If they're putting on a show, I'd like to say this shot because it's the easier of the two, but keep in mind, CNN wasn't there, Baruch Hashem. That would have made matters more complicated. So if they were there, I'd understand they'd have to add in this line, Who's listening? <laughs> if they're acting, it's pretty good. It sounds like there was somebody or everybody or most people, the only three choices we have, who were really angry and confused and perturbed and said, uh, whatever the plan was, cut it out. Well, he's not supposed to be cutting it out. And that's not a proper way to talk to him, but somebody was saying this. And again, it was put on. I don't know how much. I'm hoping more rather than less. But that's scary. That could be the hell to a police spies there. So, similar to CNN. Uh, it could be the hell somebody was listening. But he answered them Again, not wanting to give away the plot, he didn't say, What's the matter with you? Did you ever learn Parshas Vayechi? You know about the Navua? Don't you know this is the only way I can fight the police? He didn't say that. He says, A personal vendetta over here, and they started up first, and uh, I'm just doing what they did to me, which is what he was trying to make it look like. How much for the cameras? We're not sure. And therefore, I'm not acting out of source or out of control I'm just taking the come on it's none of your business sort of now they got down to business what are you doing here so some of them I'm hoping said quietly whispered we apologize but we're here to arrest you and other ones said we're still screaming and yelling but they have to get the job done. Pella, how we figured out how to do this. He said, you want to arrest me? I'm willing to get arrested, but we first have to make a deal. I want you to swear to me you're not going to touch me. Shimshin, the year of Shemayim, is dripping over here that he's here to kill Plishtim and to save Yidin. He doesn't want any mistakes. And there, again, that leads me to believe there are some angry people here, if not most of them, or maybe all of them. For all I know, this village was not the main Sanhedrin, and none of them knew what was going on here. I believe somebody in Klaesol did. So he said, just make a Shur Daraisa. We don't normally make Shur Daraisas. This is important, because somebody's going to get hurt. Make a Shur Daraisa that, as you hand me over to show the Plishtim your playing ball with them, so to speak. You know, if they really want to put on a good show or they really scare the police him, they'll arrest him and hit him a number of times as they're handing him over. Shimshin can't allow that. He can't allow that because he can get hurt. So you'll say, how can he get hurt? He's so big and strong. Well, maybe not in between. Or if you have a thousand people around you, he doesn't want to draw on an ace and ask for an ace to start knocking people out. He's a yidden, and that would pain him and uh, go against everything he's trying to do. But people get very nervous in danger and they can get out of control. So he doesn't want to have to come. So he asked him for a shvua d'araisa. So the beautiful thing about that is that Klai Yisrael's in the Madrega, if he gets that shvua, 
he's not worried at all. That's a madriga already. If people really bent out of shape, they can make a shul and then forget and lose themselves a minute later and start hitting him. And when they see the plishtim, start hitting him for good order. So, I'm just asking for a shvua. Give me a shvua. And as soon as you do that, you can put me in handcuffs, uh, bind me up, do whatever you have to do for the optics, and hand me over. And they're certainly willing to do that. They just want to get rid of the plishtim. We're just here to arrest you and hand you over. That's an interesting line. He said, Pentifkun bi. Pentifku in Lashon and Navi often means like Ladakir uh, Becherev, not just to hit him. I want you to swear you're not going to kill me because they might be so zealous to show the Plishtim that they're cooperating, are so zealous to get rid of the problem in their eyes, who Shimshin, just why hand them over? The Plishtim will be just happy, we'll kill him now. He's a Raydiv. Yeah, he's a Raydiv. But that, that could be all. If you don't know what's going on, that's not a ridiculous argument. So, Pentif can be, isn't only you're going to hurt me, it's, you might try to kill me. And the right is, Hames Lo Nebisechas. And we're not interested in doing that. We might, when we get to the Plishtim within eyesight, we might give you a little push just to show where. Roughing you up, and maybe that's okay. Just no serious damage. Haraya, hames lo nimisecha. That was the shvu. Vayasru bishnayim avesim chadashim. They took two brand new ropes, as opposed to the old ropes lying around your garage that are sort of like coming apart, the frayed of the edges that don't really hold well. So they weren't taking any chances. Vayalu minasela, and they bring him out of the cave, and they're going to now present him to the plishtim. If you're Shimshin and nothing goes wrong for the next 20 minutes, uh, he'll be in a very good place to be able to catch them off guard again, which is always the plan. And look at Rashi in your Gimel. See, that the main fear was that they were going to do the job for the Plishtim. And we're not going to touch you. And even if we get to the police and the police ask us to kill you, we're not going to do that either. And they made a shvu d'araisa. Pasigadalad huva ad lachi a plishtim heriu lekrasay. So they're bringing him to where the police are waiting, which is the city soon to be named Lachi. And they're celebrating. They finally caught their enemy. Notice how this is not the natural kayach. It says here, Who are farmers, this would mean even more to us, but we can picture the imagery. So he has ropes instead of handcuffs, and they melt away as pishtim would melt if you bring it near fire, which means it was, looked pretty effortless. And they sort of melt away. And now he's with the plishtim who are bringing, well, they think they're about to bring him back to their temple. And he's surrounded by plishtim. Great opportunity. So they're going to catch him off guard. And he wants to kill as many as he can right now. So that carcass of a chamar around and he has a jawbone from a chamar it's a bone again 
not a weapon of choice, not number one, two, three, four, or five. Way down the list, probably never been used before or since. But it's something to hold in your hand. The bone was probably breaking or getting frayed quicker. A thousand people in one shot. This, well, this is not a machine gun. It shows tremendous strength, and he's holding this. Lachi. The plan words. I have piles of people from this Lachi of the Chamar. And I just killed them with this Lachia Hamar, which is not a weapon, not of choice, not a weapon at all that does the job. And it was, he's trying to point out the nace. He kesi elafish. So right away, Shimshin as the tzaddik gives shvach v'hadaya to Akash Baruch Hu to show that this wasn't a secret weapon that can kill a lot of people. This just has something in my hands after some hishtadlis, even though it's very little. And I was able to kill a thousand people in a very short amount of time. And the Rashi says in Tezayin, and I made these piles of now dead Rashaim, and he's hoping that'll scare them again until further notice. Read one more passage before we go to the Musr. I'll leave you sort of hanging. As soon as he finished what we think it looks like, but talking about the Madrega of Shimshin, he falls short over here, and he doesn't know what he did wrong. He's going to find out soon, and we're not sure what he did wrong, and we're going to find out next week. But as soon as he finishes, a thousand people dead, that's good. And he's pointing out the nace. Well, that would have been good also. He's on a mountain, on a hill somewhere. Ramas Lachi is now renamed Al Shem Hanes. And the very next Pasik, all of a sudden, he's so thirsty he can't move. And he's sort of like, almost faints. And he's dying of thirst from one minute to the next. And they don't have any, it's the middle of nowhere. And even if there was a 7 Eleven down the road, if it's an Einish, he's not going to get there. And he can't move. And he realizes something went wrong somewhere. And he starts davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that after this tremendous Yeshua and this tremendous Kiddush Hashem, if I die here, it's going to be a Chil Hashem. That's always a powerful tefillah. Moshe Rabbeinu uses it in the Midbar a number of times. That yes, Klai Yisrael deserves it, but you can't have the Mitzrayim saying that this is because they really didn't deserve to become Klai Yisrael and they're Rishayim and they ran away and they're runaway slaves and can't let the Umasalam say this and therefore they have to be saved even though they don't deserve to be saved. So Shimshin, tremendous anivus, doesn't know yet exactly what he did wrong, the first Shem we're going to discuss, but whatever it was, he's going to dive in first that if I die and I fall in the hand of the Plishtim, that's going to be a tremendous chil Hashem. And that's uh, Pesach. That doesn't mean you're exonerated from fixing up what you did wrong. The purpose of an Einish is to realize you did something wrong. And over here, with somebody like Shimshin, is never apparent. That's why he had to get such a severe einish and change in matzav. But it gives us an insight and a reminder how important Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem is. Because if it's used in defense of Chai Yisrael, and Shimshin here is not a man alone, he's here to help Chai Yisrael, it's a very powerful defense because it's a very important uh, Indian. Uh, if you turn uh, for a uh, moment or two, we did promise to start Perik Gimel in Messias Hashem. Thank <laughs> you.
and we hope to start next week at 10-2 sharp, which is the five minutes of leeway from the quarter to. I'll try to move it uh, back there. Paragimel, Be'er Chalke Hazahiris. So, Messias Hasharm always speaks in the various madregas that a person is climbing as he's reading Messias Hasharm and not reading it, but learning it and internalizing it. So, it's following Rav Pinchas Ben Yair's Derech and Avodis Hashem. So, you would think the whole premise of Messias Hasharm is quite a madrega. What shaykhs does it have? Rav Pinchas Ben Yair, Thomas Zahiris and Zrizas. How about just like staying away from my various and keeping mitzvahs? So, Messias Hasharm. Just a reminder, tells us, the whole Sefer tells us not so. <laughs> that if you don't try to get somewhere, you don't try to become a Baal Madrega, and you keep saying we're not in the Madrega, and we're weak, and we were discussing this over Shabbos. You keep saying all the excuses we bandy around, we're never going to get anywhere. So Messias Hashem is just as Nogea on our Madrega, but we have to be working within this framework. So Paragimel, Bir Chalke Hazihirus. Zahiris is not just trying to avoid blatant averis, it's trying to be extra vigilant in Chachamein Abaroshoi of keeping far away and seeing what triggers what. So, if you want to be careful, pikuach. We, we look at pikuach as watching somebody else. Sometimes necessary kids, people you're in charge of, the main pikuach is watching yourself. You first have to learn and learn and learn some more and understand halachically and what's right and what's wrong. That's an avayda that takes a lifetime. And you have to constantly chazer and know what you're trying to stay away from, what you're trying to do. Without that, Musa is not going to help. What should you be running toward and what should you be running against or away from? So then what gets cloudy is the Sahara, as we mentioned before, can't go over to a firm person and say, good morning, you want to do an Avera? That's usually, hopefully, not going to work. So he has to either have you get upset and work on Yish in general, or dress up an Avera as a mitzvah and vice versa. And he's good at both of them. So the first thing he warns you about is even if you know in theory good and bad, you got to know, is the Misa that something in the back of your head is suggesting? Is this really Avedis Hashem? Is this good for you, good for the Jews, good for your Avedis Hashem? Is it a Kiddush Hashem, a Chil Hashem, or not? And you really have to check that and double-check that. And Mitz Hashem will uh, continue next week. Faltuv. Safe drive, Yaakov.